This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. I'll tell you what, we're worshiping God. I'm just thinking, man, there's nothing I'd rather do in the whole world than do what I'm doing tonight. I love to teach the Word of God and help people get victory in life. You know, our mission statement, we came up with years and years and years ago through a lot of prayer because uh, all churches have something they want to be known for. They have mission statements, vision statements. And from Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talked about that, that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are given as gifts to the church to equip God's people. To equip God's people. To be spiritual people. To know how to serve. To know how to live. And so, as I thought about our ministry, I think way back about 19, probably... Probably, I think, 1995, we had, a, we had a lady that really had a strong gift for helping pastors identify their corporate vision, spent a week with us. And every day, my staff and I sat with her, and we prayed, and we looked, and we prayed, and looked at our hearts. And that's where this statement, equipping God's people, equipping God's family for victorious Christian living, came from. Equipping God's people. And we want to equip God's people. And tonight, we're going to be talking about healing, and the title of the message tonight is, how to keep the switch of faith turned on. And, you know, as a pastor, maybe I see things different than other people see it, but I'll tell you what, I'm just absolutely uh, very upset about seeing Christians that are continually getting attacked with sickness and get healed and stay healed for a day or two. I'm so tired of hearing about the little children missing school, parents missing work, over all the puke and all the sin. Somebody said, Where, where's your kids at? Man, oh, they're all puking all over each other. And hear this stuff over and over and over again. That's not the covenant. And I'm not here talking mean. I'm not here talking condemning. I'm telling you the Word of God has much better. And when you sit in a church like this that teaches healing like we teach it, then we shouldn't have people have to keep it up the line. Well, I got healed last week, but it's back. I want to show you how to keep it from coming back. I want to show you how to get it, but the primary target tonight is not to teach healing how to get healed, although we will. The target tonight is to teach you believers that know about healing already how to keep it off of you, how to stay healed. And I'll let me show you a couple of books out of the bookstore, then I'll, then I'll get to it. But uh, you've heard me talk about uh, Reverend Kenneth Hagin a lot, but this is one of his books called Bible Healing Study Course. Bible Healing Study Course by, by Brother Hagin. He's in heaven. I've been there for a few years, but he influenced a lot of preachers doing great things around the world today, and I'm one of them. And Brother Hagin's main strength was teaching healing and faith. And since he's my spiritual father, that's been the same thing me. It's been teaching healing and faith and Bible confession for about 40 years. This is where I walk. This is where I live. It works in my life because it's the Word of God. And in equipping God's people, if I can just get this in to some of the people that gets under my realm of influence, I'm going to help a lot of people. I look at that family sitting right there in the front row, and I just thought uh, they got such awesome testimonies, how this worked in their life for their kids, the things that's happened for them because they got a hold of it, and lots of other people here. But I want to show you another one here by, by the Copelands. This is by Gloria Copeland, and Jesus healed them all. And Jesus healed them all. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland really influenced me a lot for a lot of years on a lot of things. And, you know, I think about uh, anybody's doing great things for God gets lied on. These people 
have been called more names and cults than anybody on the planet Earth. But the thing is, when you are a radical Christian, the devil doesn't like it. Having a lot of religious people, religious demons are going to attack you because you're so radical for Jesus. Uh, Pastor Dave, would you stand up? And everybody here knows Pastor Dave. In case you don't know him, when he was three and a half years old, he was crippled to have leukemia. Doctors told him he'd never have kids. Et cetera, et cetera. But because, because we are so radical about the Bible, two weeks from diagnosis of the leukemia, the doctors at Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, Indiana, said there's no cancer in his blood. And that wasn't, that, that was a big deal. But they said, but on the contrary, at the time I taught a healing school in Indianapolis with one of the cancer doctors. He and I taught a class together at a 500 member church on Sunday mornings to people that were terminally ill. And at a retreat they went to, they talked, he said, my son was the main topic of conversation there because not only was there no cancer, but they said a medical possibility took place. They gave him chemo for a couple of weeks and they said that he had mature blood cells. And they said that's a medical possibility because chemotherapy kills them and it takes six months for blood cells to mature. Amen. What'd you say? Well, yeah, baby cells too, but he had, he had his blood cells. That's what the Word of God does. Last year, I was diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. Last year, I had a heart attack and I had 99% blockage of my right coronary artery. The doctors had given me a clean bill of health, no heart damage, no cancer, totally healed. And, you know, the, the only reason I'm saying that's saying this. I'm not just a novice teaching the Bible because I heard somebody else tell me the Bible says. I'm a man of God that's walked through this for 40 years. I'm a man, that's, man of God that's taught this for all these years. What I'm teaching works if you get it and you work it. I like to say it this way sometimes. The word works when you work the word. The word works when you work the word. you got to do what the Bible says to do. And something else I want to say too before we open our Bibles. Something the Lord told me years ago that I always like to tell people. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. Because I've seen people get around teaching in churches like ours. And they go around and they, they're, they're, for one thing, if they're having pains in their body and things and they're not able to get healed, they're afraid to go to the doctor for what the doctor might see. Well, go to the doctor and let the doctor see it and start treating you for it so you can stay alive, so you can sit in a church like this, get the word working in your life so you can get healed from God. If you just deny it, that's not called faith, that's called fear. Faith isn't afraid. Faith wants to find out what it takes to get the answer. So if you have to go to a doctor, find out what's going on, go through the treatment, but while you're going through the treatment, I'm going to talk from the Word of God now, things I did. While you're going through the treatment, immerse in the Word. Immerse in the Word. Last year, last year when I was knocked, when I was knocked out, I was a zombie. Basically, I was brain dead because 70% of my blood had cancer in it. And my blood was so thick because my plasma was gone, no blood went to my brain. And so basically I operated out of my spirit because I'm a spirit man, but my natural things were knocked out. So what I did, 
on Sunday mornings, lots of times I couldn't come to our church here. What I did, my pastor is in Michigan, three hours ahead of us Eastern time. At 7 o'clock in the morning when his service came on, I sat there. I watched it on TV. I watched his service live. And then at 10 o'clock, other pastor friends I have, I watched their services. And then when my wife came home, I found out what was preached here, what was going on here, and I lived that way. I listened to tapes, which we don't have anymore, so I listened to them on YouTube. But I, what I'm saying is this. I was very serious about the Word of God. I knew where my help came from. And there came a point in time that the doctor said, no cancer, no damage to the heart. The Word of God does that. And so if God could heal, heal serious heart things, very horrible cancer things for me, if he could give my son life, he could heal your little diarrheas and your coughs. Amen. And I'm just saying this because as a man of God, I hate seeing Christians and their kids sick all the time. And I'm not talking mean, I'm talking life. I want you well. God called me to teach you how to be well. He called me to teach you how not to spend all your money on prescriptions. Amen. And drugs. And doctor's visits. And they get so upset and mad because they won't won't see you for three months and you need help now. Well, guess what? Jesus said, when you call, I answer. Glory to God. Somebody shout. Get excited. Amen. I really want you to listen tonight. You know, especially if your family has been hit and hit and hit and hit, it's time to get this. Look at Psalms 107 as you shout for joy. Psalms 107, verse 20. Psalms 107, verse 20. But I want to say it again. Teaching healing and faith has been my specialty. You know, uh, different pastors and different ministers are like the medical profession. you got general practitioners, and then you got specialists. Well, in one sense, I'm a general practitioner because I teach a lot of things in the church as a pastor. But also, I'm a specialist for cancer. I'm a specialist for sickness and disease. <clears throat> so I'll help you. I'll help you not only get it, but to keep it. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent His word and healed them. He sent His word and healed them. He sent His word and healed them. Do you notice the past tense of God's Word? The past tense of God's Word? God's done everything He's going to do already to give you victory in life, but your job is to get a hold of it and bring it off the pages of the Bible into reality in your life, and I want to show you how to do that. So when I was diagnosed with that cancer, I told the congregation and everybody that would listen I'm going through the doctor system because that's what i got to do right now to stay alive so I can get what I need. But I always said this from the very start. The Word of God is my first line of defense and my first line of offense. The Word of God was first. Doctors were secondary. I was talking to a lady just the other day. Been going through chemotherapy and all kinds of stuff for, what she say, 16 months, 18 months? Something like that. And now they had to stop it because they said she can't handle it anymore. And told her she's a dead woman. Because they got one last thing they want to try. <clears throat> but she said they can't get me in until sometime in January. 
Well, God gets you in today. God gets you in today. You know what I've, ta- what I've taught people for years in bad diagnosis? When you learn what I'm going to talk about after the Word of God, when you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a bad report, you don't get shook. You say, well, the Word of God says, and you, the verses you're standing on. <clears throat> then with a doctor, sometimes they'll give you a good report. They'll say this, don't get too excited. Because things can change. Your excitement stays in the Word. And so when I went to the doctor, the doctor would tell me all the different things they was telling me when I was going through things. I'd say, praise God. If it was bad, I'd say, praise God. And they give me a good report. I'd say, praise God. You know why? Because I wasn't looking at that report from my health. I was looking to the Word of God, what the Word of God said. And so finally, when it got down to the place that they quit chemotherapy because my, my veins was blowing up. They put so much less stuff in my body that my veins wouldn't take anymore. So they tried to give me a needle and my veins would just blow up. So finally they told us whatever the words was, I don't know, because the word of God is what I know. And so then I said, I said, next time you guys look at your microscopes, you're going to be puzzled because you're going to see 1 Peter 2.24. You look in there try to see something. It's going to say 1 Peter 2.24. How many people here know what 1 Peter 2.24 says? Amen. It is up by saying, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. And guess what? Finally they saw 1 Peter 2.24. And so, and so my first line of offense in attacking cancer was the Word of God. He sent His Word and healed me and delivered me from those horrible destructions. So anyway, <clears throat> what I want to do is talk to believers tonight that know from God's Word that's His will to heal you if you need it. It's his will for you to stay healed and show you how to keep your healing. And so just I want to have just a really quick refresher course. And for some people, this may be the first time you've seen verses like this. But go to Matthew chapter 8. How about a shout out for Jesus? And, you know, let, let, let me let me as a pastor. That loves people, let me teach you something. I'll tell you something about the Word of God that maybe you haven't thought about. Pastor Dave this morning used John chapter 1, 1 verse 1, 2, and 3. In the beginning was the Word. The Word's with God, and the Word was God. Same as the beginning with God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You need to give the same reverence to the Word of God every time you hear it taught as you would if Jesus were standing here talking to you. And Forget me, but when I'm speaking his word, that's Jesus talking. And remember Psalms 107, verse 20? He sent his word. Who did he send? He sent Jesus. Who's Jesus? Jesus is the word. He sent Jesus that healed them. He sent his word and healed them. You've got to get that in your thinking, that the word of God is Jesus talking to you. I had a word, a word from God before that diagnosis on me last year. You know what the word of God was? By my stripes, you were healed. Somebody said, oh, did you see Jesus? I heard him. I saw First Peter 2.24. He talked to me. He said you were healed. That's good for me to know, but I want you to know it. I'm tired of all your money being spent on medicine and doctor bills all the time. Praise God for doctors. Praise God for medicine. But you know what I found out about medicine? Because really all my Christian life, I've never been on that stuff. You know what I found out? It has some horrible side effects. 
It's not really fun not to be able to go to the bathroom for several days because of medicine. And then hit a reversal and have to go to the bathroom for several days. Those side effects aren't good. It's not good to have things in your body that cause your head to go weird. Those are side effects. There's no side effects with the Word of God. There's no side effects. And so I just want to say this again. As I teach the Word of God tonight, I really, really, really want you parents to get a hold of this so your kids will quit being sick all the time. I want you parents that don't get sick days on your job to hear this so you won't have to miss a week's worth of work and have no paycheck. Matthew chapter 8. I'll read the first three verses. I don't want to spend a lot of time here because this is just a refresher course. It may be the first time for you to hear this. It says, When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, <clears throat> if... And I circled the if. This man didn't know what he's about to ask. If thou will, thou canst make me clean. He didn't know if it's the will of God for him to be healed or not. And so he said, Jesus, if you will... And Jesus put forth his hand and touched and said, I will. He did not say, you've been such a rat. You've been such a jerk. You run around, you play around, you cuss, you don't go to church. Jesus just told this man, I will. When you come to Jesus, Jesus tells you, I will. He wants you healed. You don't have to pray. If it be thy will, Lord, if it be thy will. The word of God is the will of God. And the word of God has so much to say about healing and health. God wants you well. And you come to the Father in the name of Jesus. He's going to say, I will be healed. He said, I will be thy healed. And you also said, and immediately, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately the power of God came. And healed that man. I want you to notice verse 5. And so then Jesus then, still walking, still traveling. And when Jesus was entered to Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him. That's a, that's a Roman soldier, an army officer that had a hundred men under him. And this, this officer said, say, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy. That means his servant was paralyzed, grievously tormented, tormented. And all the guy did so far was told Jesus about his servants. Obviously, he was his friend, too, because he's come to Jesus, tell him about his friend. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Jesus heard about the sickness. If you want to know the will of God, Jesus is the will of God. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John if you want to know the will of God. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I do what the Father does. He said, when I hear the Father say, I say. When I see the Father do, I do. And so Jesus obviously saw from God that when sick people showed up, God said, I will. And so this man showed up there, and you noticed he didn't even ask him yet. He just told him. He said, my servant's at home, and he's paralyzed, grieved and tormented. Jesus said, hey, I'll come and heal him. The only one that can stop healing from coming to your house is you. The devil can't stop it. 
Amen. Jesus is greater than the devil. And Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And so we're the ones that God get rid of goofy thinking and goofy talking and get ourselves lined up with God's word and God's will. It says, I will come and heal him. And so then I want you to notice then, I'm going to show you a clue right here how this works. The centurion, the officer, had a hundred soldiers under him, answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Thou shouldst come under my roof. But look at this. I circled this. But speak the word only. Say that. Say, speak the word only. Say it again. Say, speak the word only. Say it one more time. Say, speak the word only. If you want to know how to kill cancer, speak the word only. You want to know how to get your kids healed real sick if they get attacked? Speak the word only. And so speak the word only, he said, and my servant shall be healed. And then verse 9, he tells you some things you need to know. He said, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. So the guy said, he said, I'm under authority. I've got officers that are over me that tell me what to do, and I do it. He said that I've got soldiers under me. I tell them what to do, and they do it. And so he said, I'm a man under authority. I've got authority. And I say to this man, go, and he goes. To the other come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And so what the man was saying is that, Jesus, I've been watching you. When you command the demons to come out, I see your authority. The demons leave people. When you lay hands on people, I see them healed and raised up. When people die before their time, and you tell the dead to come to life, Jesus, I see your authority. You've got authority over demons. You've got authority over the wind. I see you multiply fishes and loaves. You've got authority over natural laws, Jesus. I see what you do. And so, Jesus, you don't even have to show up in my house because I know it's a spiritual warfare. And all you have to do, Jesus, is speak those words of faith. And my servant's healed. He said, I understand authority. And so I want to say that to you about sickness and disease. Like I said, I don't want to teach a whole lot tonight about how to get healed because I want to talk to people tonight that know these things. I want to show you how to stay healed. But at the same time, I want you to get reinforced on the authority you've got. He said, speak the word only because there's authority in that spoken word. There's power in that spoken word in the name of Jesus. Speak the word only. My servant shall be healed. But then I want you to notice what Jesus said then. In verse 10, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I've not found so. And I circled these two words, great faith. Great faith. No, not even in Israel. This man was not a Jew. That's why he said, I'm not worthy if you come under my roof, because I'm not even a Jew. I'm not in your covenant. I'm Roman. And we're the ones that are causing you Jews a lot of problems. So I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. But then Jesus said, I didn't even see great faith like this among the Jews. I want to ask you a question. If Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, according to Hebrews 13, 8, I believe that verse. Do you believe that verse? Then do you think if there's a believer today that recognizes that spiritual authority and says, somebody says, well, how do you know you're healed? In of what the doctor said, he said, because Jesus told me when you lay hands on the sick in his name, they shall recover. Do you know what Jesus is going to say about you? 
He's going to say, Katie Brady, you got great faith. You got great faith. He's going to say, Doug, you got great faith because you believe my word. And you believe my word's got authority. He's going to say, Leanne, you're a woman that has great faith because you said the only evidence you need that you've got what the word says is yours because you say, I'm going to speak the word only. And Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. They're not all barstow. That's great faith. I want, I want to get this driven home to you guys. I want to say this. I want to get this driven home to you doubters. You want me to tell you how I can tell what a doubter is? And once again, I'm not putting down on doctors and medicine. Doctors and medicine kept me alive while I got a hell of what I need to get. But when you go to the doctor and the doctor says, it's going to take you X amount of time to get over this or you'll never get over it. And you're in here quoting the word of God. And then when you say, well, I know what the word of God says, but the doctor said, well, you don't have great faith. You got more faith in natural things than you do in what the word of God says. When you say, but, then you said, I'm going to cancel out what I believe about the word of God because I just lowered myself to believe it in man more than God. And once again, I'm not at all putting that on doctors and medicine. Praise God for doctors and medicine. But there's a higher law, the word of God, the word of faith. Amen. It's higher. And so Jesus called this great faith. He said, I've not seen such great faith. And so. I want you to look then at verse 13, get down to the end of the story. And Jesus said to the centurion, go thy way. Now look at this. And as thou hast believed, Jesus didn't say, as I, Jesus, had believed. He told the man, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. You know something that's always grieved me for all my Christian life? I've seen this happen in so many churches. I've been in other churches where things are going on. I'll never forget it. I went to one of the biggest churches in Indianapolis one time to a convention they was having. I was a pastor already. And they had, the church was so big, they had about, I think they had about a dozen pastors on staff. I mean, it was a big church. And one of their, one of their most uh, older pastors, been there for years, was in the hospital, some diagnosis. And on there, there wasn't a word of faith church. It was another spirit-filled type church. There wasn't word of faith people. But he got up there and said, well, a lot of you are asking about brother so-and-so. Said, you know, he's been diagnosed with this. And he said this. He's doing as well as be expected under the circumstances. Well, as could be expected under the circumstances. If I was last year, believe it, I was doing as well as could be expected under the circumstances. You know what you guys would have? You'd have a nice little memorial plaque in that lobby right out there with my picture on it. You come in. You pat her on the hand and say, he was a wonderful man. He's with Jesus now. He was a wonderful man. Josh, you had a really good dad. He was really, but God knows what's best. God knows what's best. And Joel, your grandpa was a wonderful man. He was a good pastor. Your grandpa will be proud of you now. See you sitting in that front. Oh, your grandpa will be so proud of you. I was not done as well as could be expected under the circumstances. The circumstances were horrible. I chose not to be under the circumstances. I chose to take authority over the circumstances. Amen. And I chose to stay healed so I could help you be healed and stay healed. 
I chose to stay on earth to finish what God has for me. And so the things I've been learning all those years, I don't like it, but I got my own testimony now. I would rather not have this testimony. I would rather not lost a year of my life. But praise God, I didn't lose my life. Amen. And so he said, he said, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. It says then it says that a servant was healed in the self same hour. What did he believe? Well, you back up a few verses. He believed this. He said, speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. What did he pray and took place? Jesus didn't do anything. Others said, okay, how you believe, so it will be done unto you. And that man believed by what he said. He said, speak the word, my servant shall be healed. And so for us as Christians, you can't speak the word if you don't know the word. You know, I taught a series this past summer, I think about eight weeks or something like that on healing. And still to this day, I'm puzzled. After about two or three weeks of teaching that, I issued a challenge to all the people. We had maybe, I don't know, no, we had between 50 and 100 adults sitting here on these Wednesday nights, 50, 75 adults sitting in here. And I would challenge every week the people sitting here on Wednesday night. I'd give them simple verses. Like Mark 16, 78, lay hands on sick, they shall recover. I said, I'll learn that verse. The next week, come back here. I'm going to ask you how many know it. Come back the next week. My staff knew it. Nobody else did. I'd say next week. Okay, guys, First Peter 2.24. Next week, we're going to grill you. We're going to ask you who knows it. Nobody still know it. At a minute ago, and I'm not saying this to shame you. I'm saying it to help you. I asked a while ago how many knew First Peter 2.24. I don't think I had over half a dozen hands raised in here. But I'll tell you what I found out, though. That was a revelation to me. I found out when I was going through that, that lots of congregation members and other preachers said, well, pastor, what kind of message they got you on? I said, I don't really know. I don't care to study the medicine. I study the Word of God. But then when they find out what kind of message on, they can tell me all about that medicine. And those medicines had such long names to them. They'd have bad some of those things. I mean, you guys, you guys see medicine names, all those different names. Well, say, Pastor, you know, this causes this, 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 this. And as I began to teach that series, I realized these people here really aren't stupid people. They take the time to study medicine. If they can learn how to spell these medicines, they can learn the side effects of these medicines. And tell me forwards and backwards what kind of medicines are not compatible with those medicines. They can surely start studying the Bible and learn some verses. I'm here to equip God's people for victorious Christian living. So anyway, anyway, he said, uh, as thou hast believed. And so I want to tell you this, what I believe. What you believe is what you'll talk about. And what you talk about is what you'll receive. It'll determine what you get from God. I want to tell you something for me, how I keep my healing. And what I'm going to say is not something I just say just to say it. But I believe it, and I say it. Number one, it was not my cancer. It was an attack from the devil to kill my body. He wanted to take me out. I would never say, when people say, 
what kind of cancer you got? I never said what kind of cancer I got. I said I was diagnosed with, if it was Christians, I'd say, it's not my cancer, it's an attack from the devil, it came from hell. And so it was not my cancer, it's the devil's cancer. So I would never say, I'm in remission. I would say, the power of God annihilated cancer that tried to kill me. There's no remission to it. Power of God annihilated, it's gone. No remission. I'm healed. Amen. Amen. What was that other thing I wrote down? I heard somebody say the other day. I just wrote down a couple of things I hear believers say. Oh, I am not a cancer survivor. I am not a cancer survivor. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. He gave his life for me. I'm not a survivor. I'm a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Cancer that attacked me was conquered. I didn't survive. I was healed. He sent his word and survived me. He sent his word and healed me. I'm not a survivor. I'm more than a conqueror. i got things to do. And so, Jesus said, as thou hast believed, how am I going to keep my healing? I believe I'm more than a conqueror. I believe I was healed, so I am healed, and I'm staying healed. has nothing to do with any remissions. has everything to do with the power of God, the Word of God. Go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Now, I'm showing you how to keep your healing. And I want to say this again. I'll just give you a verse for it. Jeremiah 3.15 says, God will give you pastors with his heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. As Pastor Dave referred to a while ago, a good father does not want his kids broke. You know, this stupid stuff of Christians being broke and having nothing and thinking God's holding them back. That's a lie from the devil. All what holds them back is you. Tithe. Love. Talk right. Serve God. Keep, keep, keep the spigot open, man. Keep the finances flowing. Live right. God will keep the money flowing. He's your father. And Jesus said, how much more shall your father give good gifts to his sons and daughters? Okay. How many would want to give cancer to your kid? How many want your kid to be brain dead? How many want your kid to be all gooped up in life, addicted and drugged up and things like that? You don't want that. So how much more is your father? Well, he said he gives pastors, Jeremiah through 15, his heart. So when I'm talking tonight, I hope I'm not sounding mean, but I'm a dad that's mad at the devil and his works hurting my kids. I'm tired of my kids getting knocked out. I'm tired of my kids being deceived and playing stupid games with the devil. Amen. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I, I heard a man say this. Well, matter of fact, that book I showed sometime called Christ the Healer was a textbook in Bible school. We got lots of Christ the Healers back there. He said this. He said, sin and sickness are from the same spiritual family. They got a common father. He's called the devil. Sin comes from Satan. Sickness comes from Satan. And so why would a Christian play around, play around with a rattlesnake? You're playing with sin, you're playing with a rattlesnake. You're going to get bit. Why would we play with a scorpion? Play around with sickness, you're playing, you're playing with trouble. And so we as Christians have authority over sin. It's a matter of our will. We have authority over sickness 
It's a matter of our will getting serious about it. You need to start getting mad when sickness attacks your family. And by getting mad, not just getting mad in the flesh, but getting spiritually mad, and just starting to think in light of the Word of God, how dare this uncircumcised Philistine attack the army of God? Amen. That's what you need to start thinking. Mark chapter 11, verse 23, and Jesus tells us the primary, primary way we express our faith, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, I circled the whosoever, and I circled the say. But the reason I circled whosoever is this, just so you get this. Now, our church isn't like this, but when I was first saved back in Indiana, they had a lot of religious churches. And they always took things like this and said, well, yes, but Jesus was talking to those apostles. Well, if he was, and talking to them only, would he have said, now you apostles that shall say, he was talking to those disciples and apostles there, but he said, I want to tell you something, the spiritual law, how it works, whosoever shall say. He didn't say this just for the elite. He said, whosoever. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a whosoever. And now put your finger back here and say, I'm a whosoever. And now say this, Jesus is talking to me because he said, whosoever. Amen. Remember, he sent his word and healed them. This is Jesus talking to you, Tim. He's talking to your family. Amen. You're the priest of the home, man. You got this thing. You listen to me tonight. We're going to help you. Amen. He said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. One of the first things I said when I got diagnosed was cancer. I curse you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my body. You know what I said? Mountain, get out of here. Be removed. And be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. Shall not doubt in his heart. Born again, Spirit-filled Christians that know God, listen to me right now. I'm going to help your dumb heads. I'm serious when I say that. I'm not saying that mean. I'm not saying that judgmental. I'm going to help your dumb heads. Because your problem is right in between there. He did not say, as shall not doubt in his head. Faith will always work from your heart, even if your head's been bombarded with doubt. You just don't speak the doubt. You speak the word only. Man, you do not think that I wasn't hit with doubt in my head last year? Man, but you're sitting there in a stupor and nothing's working right. Have to walk in the church and my loving and kind ushers have to walk close to me so I won't fall down my legs buckle. And I'm sitting here in the front row with my son or my wife or somebody else preaching the word on a Sunday morning. And I'm sitting there, and there's two or three people around me watching me to make sure I don't fall out of my seat. And ask me how I'm doing, and I say I'm getting better every day. Because Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 17, 18, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Did he mean what he said or not? So when hands were laid on me, I was in recovery. And so am I going to say, well, uh, boy, I'll tell you what that doctor said this week. Nope. I'm getting better every day. You think there wasn't doubt in my head? 
Man, I'll tell you what, talk about the dread of going back in for another session of the needle all day long. I see them bring those big bags of stuff out there and put them on that thing there. Have those people watching me and monitoring me to make sure I didn't die in the chair, which almost happened one day when they did some things wrong. Man, went into convulsions and stuff happened, man. They had to go on red alert and come there and pump some other stuff in there to get that one stuff out. Mrs. Pastor was there. And all of a sudden, I said, hey, man, something's wrong. And my whole body starts going like that. And that's like I was on one of those rides out of Disney. Something man, shaking everywhere. The after it's over with, the Filipino nurse, uh, she's about our age. She used to be a nurse in Vietnam. That's how old she was. But anyway, we started joking. She said, man, you like Jerry Lee Lewis. A whole lot of shaking going on. I said, it sure was, but I'm glad it's over now. So what I'm saying is this. Faith was in my heart, although I was being hit with doubt in the head. I never spoke the doubts. I spoke the faith. And so I'm showing you, listen to me. I'm looking around to make sure everybody's awake. Everybody awake? Desiree, you awake? Okay, I want to make sure. But I thought I saw you nodding. I know you work a lot of hours, but listen. <laughs> I called you out, didn't I? <laughs> I told you I've been around Dr. Barclay for a week, so he got on me. Said, it says, shall not doubt in his heart. Recognize there's between your heart and your head. Faith is of the heart. Shall not doubt his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith. And I circled the saith again. Jesus is telling us the value of your tongue. Shall believe that those things which he saith. Which he saith. Shall come to pass. Here's the big, uh, Master key to faith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Believers that have lost your healing, having a hard time. You remember in Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God talks about the fiery darts of the wicked one. It says the shield of faith will quench all the fiery darts. Those fiery darts are thoughts from the devil aimed at your tongue for you to speak them out because what you say is what you get. And so, for me, you know, faith doesn't, you know, I say faith changes things. In the course of the last year, since then, I've had things hit my body. I don't even tell my wife about them. All I do is stop. And I'll say, thank you, Jesus, I was healed and I am healed. Thank you, Lord, everything is well. You know what some of you say, why it keeps coming back? Pastor, pray for me. I got it back. That fiery dart hit your tongue. And that's why it says in Second Corinthians chapter 10, casting down thoughts and imaginations at every high thing that exalts itself against the Word of God bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Well, who's Christ? Jesus is the Word. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of the Word. And so when those things would try to hit me, those different little pains and stuff try to hit me, you know I say? I say, well, I want to thank you, Jesus. That you said believers lay hands sick that shall recover. I'd lay my head right on myself again. I said, I want to thank you, Lord. The power of God's working in my body. By your stripes I was healed. So by your stripes I inhale. And Jesus said, He'll have whatsoever He saith. He'll have whatsoever He saith. Psalms 91, verse 16, God said, With long life will He satisfy me and show me His salvation. 
So I'm saying, I'm living long, living strong. I'd get at least 85 good years. 85 good years. I'm not going to get to 80 years old and get some kind of stupid mind disorder, some kind of Alzheimer's or stuff. I watched my mom die of Alzheimer's. It's no fun to walk in and talk to your mom and your mom say, oh, I know who you are. And then you think, oh, thank you, Jesus. She's getting her mind back. She knows me. You're that little boy that plays downstairs. I like to play with you. And then you just start crying. I'm talking about me as a man of God. Start crying because my mom doesn't know me, thinks I'm a little kid, thinks she's a little kid. That'll never happen to me. I have the mind of Christ. I have power to love and a sound mind from the Word of God, and I'm keeping what I've got. I'm never going to have Alzheimer's. I'm never going to have dementia. It doesn't run in my family. But I thought you said your mom had it. No, I'm talking about my new family. Amen. Amen. Well, well, what's your, what, what's your heritage? Well, I know my family tree. It was called a cross at Calvary. That's my family tree. My Savior hung on that cross. He took stripes on his back. He took my punishment. He died. He went down to hell for three days, three nights. He come back up. And Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He said, go you therefore. He said, cast out demons. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Freely you've been given, freely give. That's what my family tree is. My family tree is called Jesus. That's my ancestry. He's the first begotten of many brethren. He's my elder brother. I'm one of them. Jesus and I share the same father. I've done better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Go ahead and clap. Clap real good for Jesus. And so, to keep your healing, to keep your healing, you'll have whatsoever you saith. Amen, amen, amen. Keep, and Brother Hagin always called this, keep the switch of faith turned on. When you prayed for healing or were prayed for, you said, amen, I've got it, then you turn the switch of faith on. You keep it on, by guarding your tongue, guarding your mouth and talking right. And so, and so that, that's why, that's why when you all were here, when this stuff started on me back in January of 2018, I called the elders of the church together. There's 18 people on the staff, elders. And I told them before I told the general congregation, I said, guys, here's what's going on. Here's what I've been diagnosed with. And I said, I went to James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, and, and James said, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. And so I said, elders, you're gathered around me. I'm calling on you. I said, call the elders of the church. And then it said, let them pray the prayer of faith. It didn't say some goofy, wimpy prayer. Oh, God, if it be your will, heal our pastor. Oh, God, if it be your will. The prayer of faith says, yes and amen. The word of God's true. The word of God's working. It's let them pray the prayer of faith and anoint him with all in the name of the Lord. And then he said, and the prayer of faith might heal the sick. You can't tell what God might do. Said the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Said the Lord will raise him up. Didn't say chemo will raise him up. Didn't say heart doctors raise him up. It said the Lord will raise him up. After committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. 
And so I had the elders of the church, and I'm talking to you guys about how to be healed and how to stay healed. To me, it's not hard to get healing, but it seems to be harder among Christians like this to keep you healed. And so when they prayed the prayer of faith for me, I said, now you notice what it says right here, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. I told the elders, I told this congregation, I said, don't ever pray for me again about healing. If you do, you're calling Jesus a liar. Because he said, when you prayed it, I was healed. And so somebody said, but what do you do, pastor? I said, every time you think about me and you want to pray and ask God to heal me, you don't have to because they already did. I said, thank him that when they prayed, he heard. And when I come, when I come walking in the church, or when I come, I don't know what you call it, I was walking, Robert, but I just really wasn't really walking, but I was walking. I was doing something. Because sometimes when Robert, these guys be around me, my legs just give out. I'd start down. They'd have to grab me, hold on to me, because my legs didn't have any strength in them because of what was going on in my body. And so when people looked at me, I wanted nobody to feel sorry. All I wanted to do was just praise God, the elders of the church, our pastor, in the name of the Lord. Remember those days, Dave? Amen. I saw you guys' eyes. You guys really had love and compassion for me. I saw your eyes. I felt worse for you guys than I did for me because I saw you were hurting for me. But the thing was, your hurting wouldn't get me healed. But your faith in God, your praise in God for His Word, that would help me be healed. And so the whole thing was, and you know what, I, I had other pastors got offended at me because so many pastors pray in unbelief and don't really know what they're doing. I'd be around other pastor. I've had a couple of them tell me, you offended me. There's a pastor's church I went to. Matter of fact, I spoke at it a while back. He got from his congregation when I was down there a few months ago. He said, I want to tell you, this guy offended me. He was down at my church when he was going through this last year. And I asked if I could pray for him. He said, no, I don't need your prayer. He said, I didn't understand him then, but I understand him now. He said, the reason he did my prayer is not because... He thought he was too good for it. It's because he'd been prayed for it. He believed the prayer. He said, no, but you can thank God for my healing. You can do that. There's another church I went to. Pastor got a big church. He's a leader over a lot of leaders. And I was at a, was at a convention down there while this stuff was going on. And as it's closing out, they had all the preachers there. He said, hey, Bernie, you okay to take you up and have them pray for you? And I said, no. I said, don't have them pray for me. I said, I've got this. I said, the elders of my church don't me follow the name of the Lord. They prayed the prayer of faith. I said, if you want to, you can praise God for my healing. But don't call Jesus a liar. He said, with the prayer of faith prayed, he heals the sick. I said, so I'm not going to doubt what he did. And I told this pastor, I said, I want to tell you something. I hope I don't sound like I'm full of pride or anything. I'm not. I said, but there's no way I'm going to undo what Jesus started and die. I said, this was prayed, and I'm living and not dying, and I'm not going to do what's already started. So no, Jesus is already healing me, because his word says he is, because said the prayer of faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. I said, that's what's happening to me. And so during that whole course of time, I allowed nobody else to pray for me. It's not because prayer works, it's because prayer does work. When they annoyed me, they prayed, healing started. And so I want to say this once again, helping you to stay healed. Once you've been prayed for, you praise God. When pain starts trying to come back and things try to hit your body, if you've already prayed and healing's working, 
You just thank God that it's working. You thank God that's working. Even you're tempted to say, oh, Jesus, I thought you did. Well, guess what? You just unplugged. You thought he did? I know he did. That's why I'm standing here today. That's why I now have a 10-acre farm ranch that my wife had as I, but I was in agreement or we wouldn't have got it. i got to start saying this different. I don't want knots on my head. I have to pray for my head. I don't want to wake up in the morning and sleep with bruises on me. That's why we have this place now that I work every day and do the stuff we do every day. That's why I'm not limping through life. That's why I'm able to do the things I do because what I held on to when this thing was started is what got me to where I am today. And so I'm telling you right now, let me be a living example to you how this works. I'm not just preaching something out of somebody's book. Paul said, we're living epistles known and read of all men. Read my book by reading my life. Look at my book by looking at my life. Look at Pastor Dave. What we're preaching and teaching here is not just somebody's maybe. This is for real. Look at Jesse sitting right there. His middle name is Swiss Cheese. Why is that? Jesse was a gangster down in L.A. He was in six different shootouts or whatever. Six different shootouts. He's been dead, full of holes. That'd be bad. They plugged him so many times. That guy was shot up. And it's sitting in the teaching he hears in this church on a Wednesday night. He came up here. This was a couple years ago, two or three years ago. Come up here on a Wednesday night. And he said, Pastor, because of all the shots I've had in me, said on the inside of me, my muscles and everything's all messed up and together and things won't move because i got so many wounds. Things together. He's on a church softball team. He said, man, he can get those good hits, but with second base, about as far as you can make it, he can make it to second base because nothing worked. Man, everything was pulling together. He said, Pastor, I want to be able to, I want to be able to run. He said, pray for me. And I said, okay, Jesse, when I pray for you, what's going to happen because of what I teach here for the Word of God? Not me, but what I teach the Word of God. I said, when I pray, what's going to happen? He said, I'm going to get healed. I'm going to be able to run. I said, okay, Jess. I laid hands on him and prayed. After the next ball game we went to, my wife and I were sitting in the stands. Man got his hit. First base, second base, third base, home plate. And right up into the bleachers hugging us. <laughs> Faster! And he said, he told us later in public testimony, that when I prayed for him, as he walked back to his seat, he felt things breaking loose and healing. Is that right, Jess? He felt things changing on the inside. And so I want to say this to you. When we pray, when you pray, whether you feel it immediately like he felt it, or whether you don't, the whole thing is the healing power of God starts when you're prayed for. You may feel it, you may not feel it. But the thing is, let your mouth keep working. You have whatsoever you sayeth. And so we saw that happen. And he's had lots of miracles since then, those things that have happened. But I want you, I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Proverbs 12, verse 18. I really want to help you. I really want you to get this. You know, I'd like you to be able this year to have money freed up from doctors and medicine to be able to buy a lot of Christmas presents for your kids, your grandkids, for people you love, be able to spend your money on Christmas stuff instead of being all pilled out to the doctor. I want to say it once again. 
that we're not against doctors of medicine. If you own doctors of medicine, this naughty kind of thing said, oh man, you ugly thing, you where's your faith at? This is saying you can come up higher. This is saying you can come off of it. I'm not sitting in a chair of needles in me today. I'm not laying out of the heart award with this. My daughter-in-law, Katie, was helped take us through a lot of stuff to be able to handle all kinds of doctor bills and office visits because when these guys are talking to you and you're basically brain dead, you don't know anything of what they're saying. You're sitting there and you're kind of like... But then you got somebody like her who's a writing machine. Write that stuff down. Like Katie... That my wife were in the doctor, heart doctor, two weeks after that serious heart attack, with the doctors telling me, no damage, no, all this stuff there, and they tell me how serious it was. And I'm saying, okay. And finally the guy says, you don't understand me, you walk in dead bed, you walk in dead bed. I said, okay. I do this every day, you should be dead, you should be dead. That stuff doesn't shake me, cause I've been on God's word so many years, I see the word, I don't see the diagnosis. I don't ignore it. Faith does deny things. Faith changes things. But that guy was actually getting upset with me because he thought he thought I was so stupid. I didn't know what was going on. I knew exactly what was going on. In that room, in that hospital, they was doing the surgery. Jesus walked in and held my hand. Man, I've never experienced anything like that in my whole life. That was so strange. I was awake while they was doing heart surgery. I, mean, I was laying there. I saw everybody in the room. And all of a sudden... A real hand came up and grabbed my hands, holding my hand. I looked, nobody there. I looked around all the people again. I saw them all. And then I, then, cause I'm going through all this stuff they're doing, I'm totally conscious. I all start going, and then I get in the flesh thing. That's my imagination. When I think that, all of a sudden this habit goes squeeze, squeeze. Just like my wife or somebody that loves me stand there holding my hand. And this was in there for an hour. And all through that whole thing, I'd start thinking, that's just me. They'd squeeze, squeeze those squeezes there. And then, while I was back in the room at 3 o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden, somebody's behind me talking. This stuff's going on. They thought I was going to die there. Stupid stuff happened. They had to call the whole emergency people in there like that. Man, how about, I don't know, they all set all kinds of machines and doctors. They did one of those code alerts and things. These people's all in there doing stuff like that. Because they did wrong medication, and the wrong medication about did me in, and I mean my spirit was leaving my body. It was that it was it was bad stuff. They got things stabilized, and then I'm laying there. I'd hear somebody behind me talking about me, and praying and talking about me, and I hear my name like that. And I'm just laying there, and the next day my wife came out talking to her. I said, "Man, somebody back here behind the bed last night." She said, "What?" I said, "Back there praying for and talking about it. It must be one of those nurses." And she said, they could be behind your bed. It's up against the wall. There's equipment everywhere. I said, nobody can fit in there. And so Jesus, an angel, whoever it was, somebody's in there. And so the whole thing was, what I'm telling you, is that spiritual things are real. The Word of God works. That's how this works. And listen to what I'm saying to keep what you got. Proverbs 12, 18. There's this, there is he that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. The tongue of the wise is hell. Hebrews says, the tongue of the wise promotes health. To keep the switch of faith turned on, if you want to have healing and health, you must quit talking sickness and disease and start talking about what God's Word says about your health. You know, back at our prayer meeting tonight, we have prayer at 5 o'clock. At the prayer meeting, we were praying 
Something rose up in me about sick Christians that are staying sick and not getting it. I want to say it again. This is not mean talking. This is a loving father talking. Spiritual father wants his people well. Pastor Dave used the verse, above all things, want you to prosper and be in health. That's the heart of God, wants you to prosper and be in health. I told the people, I exhorted them after I prayed at the prayer meeting, I said, this year, when you're around these fellow Christians at church parties, when you're around family things and they all want to start comparing the sicknesses they all got hit with this year, don't participate. I just around, I don't know how many preachers, I mean, there was at least, there's, there's probably a thousand, fifteen hundred people there at this thing, I don't know what it was, and, you know, pretty good sized crowd, and he had the pastors, stand. there was probably at least a hundred pastors and their wives stood up there, a lot of them like that. They all asked me about, you know, my life last year and stuff like that. I didn't say that about what I went through last year, why do I want to glorify the devil? I'll talk about what a good church I got, what good people I've got, how good God is. Why do I want to compare and some of those pastors' wives have heard them talk about, well, I've taken this and I've taken that. What are you on now? What are you on now? Well, well what's your doctor's name? How do you get, where's it? What's going on? I thought, man, I'm not getting that garbage. The tongue of the wise is health. If you want to stay well this Christmas season, even if your family's been attacked with stuff this year, if your kids have been attacked, if you missed a lot of work, you get these Christmas parties, these functions, these family outings, they want to start talking the garbage. Change the subject. Wow, wasn't that wonderful rain we had in the desert last week? Oh, that's just so wonderful. Well, what, that, that sure is a pretty dress you're wearing. Where'd you get that at? Well, we had this. I heard your family got this and that. Uh, what, are you, what are you guys going to be doing on New Year's? You can change the subject. The tongue of the wise is health. It says there's he that speaketh like the piercings of a sword. That goes through your heart. When you start talking sickness and death and disease. Well, Pastor, why are you saying all this? Keep the switch of faith turned on. If you want healed, if you want to stay healed, quit talking about the stupid stuff. One more place I'm going to look at and we'll close it out because I want you to stay well. I want you to look at Romans chapter 10. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. If this doesn't light your fire, your wood's all wet. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Now I want you to notice this. Let's talk about how your faith works, how you talk. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He said his word and healed them. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Anybody know what kind of church we are? The word of faith. Who was the first word of faith preacher? What did Paul say? He said he preaches the word of faith. Paul was a word of faith preacher. I've got a really good friend out the Baptist Church. He's a leader at the Baptist First Baptist Church. Been there for years. And he and I have a really good relationship. We joke each other. We see each other. Preachers meet. the place we go at. And he says something, make fun about tongue talkers. Something I'll make fun about Baptists. Don't talk in tongues, whatever. We play stupid games. But anyway, I'll say this. I'll say, well, yeah, John was a Baptist. You know, John the Baptist. I say, John was a Baptist. Paul was word of faith. 
Is that what Paul said? The word of faith which we preach? Does that make Paul a word of faith preacher or not? Amen. Paul said the Bible is the word of faith. And so it's the word of faith because it builds faith in your spirit. It's called the word of faith because it builds faith in your spirit. And so that he says it's got to be in your mouth and in your heart. For faith to work in your life and for faith to receive and keep your healing, you've got to keep the word not only in your heart, but especially in your mouth. You've got to keep the word coming out of your mouth. He said, the word of faith in your heart and in your mouth. And so then he says this, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Jesus the Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart. You see the mouth and the heart? Remember that? Remember, remember what Jesus said, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he speaketh? This is a Bible principle. It's a spiritual law. Faith is in the heart and got to come out of the mouth. Mark eleven twenty three, He says, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, have whatsoever he saith. And so he said that Confess Jesus the Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, there's the heart again, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let me tell you about that verse right there. Go to dissect that real quick, because I can see nobody's sleeping, still got your attention, so I know you can handle, you can handle the last little part that's going to drive this home. Okay, he says, with the heart. With, with the heart, you believe unto salvation, etc. So what saith the words out of the mouth in thy heart, the word of faith we preach as we flip the screen? Are we stuck? Verse 9. Confess in your heart, mouth, Lord Jesus. Well, that confess means to say the same as. To say what the Bible says about Jesus. He's Lord God raised from the dead. But then in verse 10... In verse 10, with the heart man believeth, in this case unto righteousness, with the mouth confession made of salvation. That salvation comes from the word sozo. That means deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, soundness, and health. The first part of salvation is to receive eternal life into your spirit. That's the first part of salvation. But sozo means the whole thing. Everything you need in life after born again, salvation is sozo. Confession is made unto your deliverance. Confession is made unto safety. Don't ever be afraid to fly on an airplane. You're living for God. You've got authority of what goes on there. And if you don't need to be on that airplane, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. You know in your heart, I don't need to take this flight. Take authority over it. But I don't need to take this, but I'm going to wait on another flight. Don't ever be afraid to fly. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. Safety comes from your heart, your mouth, confessing God's word. Deliver safety, preservation, healing, soundness, and health. That's the Greek word there, sozo. There's a difference between healing and health. God is the divine healer, but also God gives you divine health if you believe him for it. Divine health you just stay well. You don't get sick. Divine healing, and I would never, ever say, never, I would never say this. You can say this if you want to, because you'll have what you say, but I'd never say, well, when I get sick, I know how to get healed. I don't say when I get, I've never said that in 40 years. 
I don't believe in sick. I believe in health. But I can say this. If I were to ever get sick, I know how to get healed. But I'd never say, when I get sick, you know what I'm saying? I'm prophesying. Guess what? I'm going to be getting sick because I said when. That means I'm sick. It happened to me and I want it. And so divine healing is if you get sick, you know how to get healed. Divine health is just staying well, not have to need it. Amen? So anyway, bottom line of everything God wants me to tell you tonight is this. You know how to get healing. But how you keep your healing the same way you got it. Keep your mouth right. You keep talking right. You've been prayed for. Thank you for your healing. Getting better every day. Keep your nose in the Word of God. And I want to challenge you one more time. Get a healing book out of the bookstore. Or if there's verses that you've heard parts of. Start memorizing, meditating. Get some verses in your heart and in your mouth. Because you speak the Word only, you will be healed. Amen. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.